Genesis 22. I want to make this our last um, lesson in this series and focusing really on this of consecration. And it's a very well-known story, the one that we're going to be talking about tonight in Genesis 22. If you grew up in church, you've probably heard this story a million times. And uh, after tonight, it'll be a million and one. But hopefully you can find some things that will and learn some things tonight that will help you in your life to help you do God's work. Because this series in this half of the year has all has been all about doing the work of God, continuing and doing the work of God in your life and how important it is. We learned last week to have commitment in your life. We said you have to have a walk with God in your life if you're going to really continue to do God's work. We talked about having salvation in your life. We talked about how God building us so that we might build others and build in others things that are eternal, things that are gold and silver and precious stones. And we have to learn to throw away those things that really don't matter, those, those things that the Bible calls wood, hay, and stubble, things that are not eternal. And we talked about doing the work of God is a work that is an eternal work and an important work. So tonight we're going to continue and really end this series with this idea of consecration. So Genesis 22 says like this in verse number one, and it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham and said unto him, Abraham, and he said, behold, here I am. And he said, take now thy son, thine only son, Isaac, whom thou lovest and get thee into the land of Moriah and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, which I will tell thee of. Then I want you to jump down to verse number eight. And it says, And Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went both of them together. Verse nine, And they came to the place which God had told him of. And Abraham built an altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood. Then I want you to notice in verse number 15. And the angel of the Lord called unto Abraham out of heaven the second time. And said, By myself have I sworn, saith the Lord, for because thou hast done this thing, and hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, that in blessing I will bless thee, and in multiplying I will multiply thy seed as the stars of the heaven, and as a sand which is upon the seashore, and thy seed shall possess the gate of his enemies. And in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed, because thou hast obeyed my voice. Tonight I want to talk to you about consecration in your life. Consecration is very much different from commitment. We learn that commitment is really all about uh, taking up your cross, denying yourself, and following Jesus. We learned about that last week, and we said that we must have commitment in our life if we're going to do anything of value, any kind of impacting work in the work of God. We have to have commitment. But along with commitment, you're going to have to have consecration. Now, consecration is different from commitment. Uh, commitment has to do with my heart, with the direction that I'm going. And we learned as Jesus was talking to his disciples last week, and he said, if you're going to be a follower of, uh, of me, then you need to take up your cross, deny yourself, and follow me. And he was talking about their heart. What is it that their heart desires, and what direction are they going in life? 
But consecration is different from that. Because see, consecration talks about your purpose. You know, you can be a committed Christian tonight and not be a consecrated Christian. A committed Christian is someone that will be very faithful in what they're doing by coming to church, by reading their Bible, by taking time in prayer, by going to the events and and being very involved in church. And someone that is committed can be that way. Uh, and, 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 And as a Christian, you can have a lot of commitment in your life. But if you're not consecrated, that commitment won't lead to very much victory in your life. It won't lead to really making a big difference in the life of someone else that you're trying to impact. You see, consecration talks about the purpose behind what you're doing. The purpose behind what you want to do. In fact, the word consecration means to make or declare sacred. To devote to a purpose as with deep solemnity or dedication. In other words, as we sing, we ought to sing with a consecrated life. One that is devoted. One that has a purpose to accomplish something for God. This evening, I cannot tell just by looking at you, just by seeing what you do, if you're consecrated. In fact, you can very much fool me as your youth pastor into thinking and believing that you're consecrated as Christians. Because I can see you come every week. And I can see you mark your Bibles and write your notes. And I can see you talking with others and getting involved in church. And some of you help in Sunday school classes and children's church classes. And you, you're, you're involved in orchestra and other ministries of the church. And by looking at you, I know you're committed. But I wouldn't know if you're consecrated. I can't really tell why you're doing what you're doing. I can't tell with how much devotion you are doing that with. But you know. And more importantly, God knows. You see, consecration is to, is to be devoted to a purpose, to be set apart for that purpose. In other words, God has called you to do something, and you've decided, I'm going to set my life apart to do what God has called me to do. Uh, you can think of the difference kind of like this. We have a saying in English, maybe you've heard this. Uh, you can either, uh, you either eat to live or live to eat. Has anybody ever heard that saying before? All right, a few of you. There's a slight wording that's different at the beginning of the phrase and at the end of the phrase, but what it means is totally different. If you're eating to live, that means you're just eating what is necessary for you to wake up the next morning and and be healthy and, and stay alive. But if you're living to eat, that means your whole purpose for getting up in the morning is just because I'm going to find something I can eat and just live for this. I find that a lot of Christians have the wrong purpose for why they're getting up, for why they're living. They're more like they're coming to church to fulfill Christianity in their life, but their purpose isn't really to live the Christian life. And there's a difference there. And the difference is what we would call consecration tonight. It's the purpose, the devotion that you have, the, uh, the, the drive, the, the sacredness in what you do for God. Anyone that's going to do something for God is going to have to have consecration in their life. So I want to look at Abraham's life here in Genesis chapter 22. 
I'll summarize the story real quick. God is testing Abraham. He wants to know really how consecrated Abraham is. Abraham has already shown God that he is committed to him. In fact, God made a covenant with Abraham because of Abraham's faithfulness. Abraham was a man that walked with God. Abraham was a man that was known as the friend of God. But now God is testing him. And he says, I want you to give me what you love most. Abraham, I want you to sacrifice your son Isaac. I want you to go up to Mount Moriah. It's the highest mountain where you're at. Go all the way there with your son, and I want you to sacrifice him there on that mountain to me. Now, that's a very big request. That is a very big test. God was testing Abraham that day in the area of his consecration. Abraham, are you going to give me what you love most? And my what is most important to you is, is your purpose for living really me? Or is it your son Isaac? Is what you're doing every day in your life and the wealth that you're accumulating, and he was the richest man on earth at that point. And is all that you're doing, is that for me or is that for Isaac? Your only son. And the Bible goes out of its way to say, whom thou lovest. It, it, it was something that was most special to him. Can I say in your life as a Christian, young people, God will test you. God will test your consecration. You won't go through your whole Christian life without some sort of testing in your life. There will be a time where God will come to you to see how your faith in him is. It happens to every Christian. If you go throughout the Bible, you'll find every Christian had a time of testing. The testing wasn't the same for everyone. For some, it was the testing of, are they going to give their life for my sake? For others, it was, are you going to stand up to the crowd? Are you going to stand up against the wickedness of your city? Are you going to stand up against the wickedness of your society? Many of the prophets, that's what they were called to do. And there's a calling that's going to come to your life. There's going to be a testing that comes to your life. And this thing of consecration is going to have to be something that is real for you. Now let's, let's learn a few principles from Abraham's life on this of consecration. I want you to notice, first of all, tonight, that in a, in a time of consecration, when God is testing you and me, there is always a proving time. You'll notice with Abraham, there was a, a proving time. There was a time to prove his love. The first thing that he was asked was, Abraham, I want you to sacrifice Isaac whom thou lovest most. That, that child that I promised to you, that child that was going to bring the, the father of many nations, I want you to know that I want you to sacrifice him to me. Now let me tell you what that was, young people. It wasn't just a dad going to sacrifice his son. It was that, literally, but it was more than that. It was Abraham about to sacrifice all of his dreams. It was Abraham about to sacrifice all his plans. I know you're a little young and you don't have children yet, but one day you will. And you'll understand that those children that you have, you have plans for them. You have dreams for them. There's things you want to see them accomplish and do. And much of what you're Second half and last half of your life will be, will be to be serving your children and to be there for them, to guide them, that God might do something great in their life. And, and you're going to desire to see them do something great. 
So what God is asking for him is this time of proving of his love. It's amazing that God's asking him, are you going to love your plans and your desires more than me? Now here's something that you need to think about when it comes to this. In this time of proving, God always gives you a choice. The choice is always yours, young people. It's amazing to me because sometimes testing will come into your life as teenagers and we think we have no choice. We think we can't do that. We start making excuses. Well, pastor, you don't know the home that I have. You don't, have, you don't know the parents that I have. You don't know the pressure that I face. You don't know the addictions that I have to go through that, that I have to overcome. You don't know what they say to me at school and you don't know what happens to me. And, and you start saying, you just don't understand the situation I'm in. I have no choice. But you know, God always gives us a choice. Our consecration to God has always been a choice. A choice of, of, are you going to sacrifice what you love most? Are you going to put that on the altar for God or not? This of consecration always has a proving time. You prove your love. God gives you the choice. The choice is to say, I'm going to put this on, to, on the altar for you. The professor there at Clearwater Christian College, where John went to college, one of his professors would always say, and I've said it many times here, life is choices. Choices have consequences. Make the right choice. Just make the right choice. I know it's a lot easier said than done, but you need to make the right choice. God always gives us a choice. We can either consecrate ourselves to him in a time of proving, or we won't. Find that Abraham had a choice. You and I will have a choice. And I want you to think about this. Not only do you have a choice, but many times a choice is between what is good and what is better. Consecration isn't always a choice between good and bad. You know, some of us here tonight, we don't really struggle as much with good and bad. There's some of you here tonight that you probably can walk to the mall and you can hang out in the mall for six hours and never steal one thing. And you might even get tempted. You might walk in the store and never even think, oh, I'm going to put this in my pocket and walk out of here. You might even think that way. You just, that doesn't, doesn't even come into your mind. Uh, the choice to do wrong or do right in that area, it's not a big deal. But consecration many times isn't between good and bad. Many times it's when it's in between better and best. Abraham had to choose. Do I love God? That's not bad. Do I love my son? That's not bad. But one had to be more important than the other. Consecration in a time of proving is all about, are you going to be devoted to me or not? Is the purpose of your life going to be for me or for you? And sometimes those decisions are really tough to make. Sometimes those choices are really tough to make. Abraham had a really tough choice. He had a real tough choice. But there's always a proving time in consecration. Number two, there's always a preparing time. If you read in verse number three, you'll, you'll find that Abraham the very next morning said he saddled his donkey and got his son, got all the material he needed, got the servants that were going to go with him, and they left the, ne the very next morning. God spoke to him at night, and Abraham in the morning was going to do what he said. 
He was going to get prepared and get ready. Let me just say, not only in consecration is there a time of proving when God is testing us, but there's a time when God is preparing us. There's a time when God is preparing us. I want you to notice that Abraham did God's bidding first. He didn't try to negotiate with God. Let me just say, I've been there to try to negotiate with God. In fact, when I was a teenager, I did that a lot. It was kind of like this. It was kind of like, well, God, if you help us win this tournament, maybe I'll serve you a little bit more. God, if, if, if you can make this happen in my life, then I'll be consecrated to you. If you, if you help me get a car, you know I need a car. If, if you help me to, to have this at school, then you'll know. And God, I, I'll, then I'll serve you. And God says, listen, I, I'm not here to negotiate with you. Consecration isn't about negotiations with God. It's God giving you a time to prepare and say, are you going to choose right now that I'm number one? And by the way, this happens over and over again. I'm 35 years old and there's still times of proving in my life where I have to make a choice. And it's not an easy choice. And it's a choice where I know God is preparing for something else and yet it's so hard to do what God wants first. Sometimes God will give you money that you didn't expect. And God will start laying on your heart, I want you to give to this project. And let me tell you, as a 35-year-old man, it's hard. It's hard to say, okay, God, I'm going to give you this money. Because you know what? There's a lot of things we want to do with that money. You can ask Rochelle. We want to really nice, uh, make some built-ins in our house, and we want to do some other things in our house. We want uh, There's some shoes and things I want to buy for the, the, the boys and, and some toys I'd like to buy, and there's a lot of things I'd like to get for myself. But when God starts knocking on the door of my heart to give to something, I've got to make a choice there, and it's not always easy. It's hard to do what God wants first. Sometimes I say, well, God, let me just buy this, and then I'll give to you this. And sometimes God says, that's not what I'm asking. I'm not looking for negotiations. I just want you to make me the priority here. I want you to devote your life to me. You'll find that Abraham always did God's bidding first. And then his plans, God's plans superseded his plans. That morning when he got Isaac and he woke him up, he already knew, you're going with me to Moriah and I'm, I'm going to sacrifice you there. I'm sure Abraham thought, man, Isaac's going to be the guy that takes over my business. God's going to, uh, 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 Isaac's going to be the one that really makes a huge impact in this world. Isaac's going to be the one that really can do a lot of things with his life. I didn't, I didn't have the opportunities that Isaac had, but Isaac's going to have it. Many of us know what that feels like. How many of you have had your parents say, man, I never had that with, when I was your age, but I'm trying to give it to you. And some of, some of the parents in here didn't have cars at, at 16, but you know they're looking and they're working real hard so that you can have one at 16 or 17. And they'll sometimes remind you of that. Anybody had a parent say, hey, pues yo nunca tuve esos zapatos, right? And they always say those things like that. Like, okay, you can have them. I don't, I don't know, <laughs> you know? 
But what they're really saying is, man, I had these big dreams for you, and that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to work hard so that you can have what I I, I wasn't able to have, and you can achieve more than I was ever uh, able to achieve. But how about when those plans get changed? Some of you think, man, I want to go and I want to get a scholarship for college, or I want to go to A&M, or I want to go to uh, this medical school. And what if God changes that? Uh, what happens when, when, when God begins to say, you know what, there's a church there in Mexico that needs a pastor, would, would you go? Hey, uh, there, there's some people there in Europe that need a nurse to come and just give the gospel to someone and kind of be a missionary for a month. What are you going to say then? What are you going to say when God says, I I know your plans, but I got a better plan. I got a bigger plan. I got a different plan. That's what Abraham was facing. And consecration is all about saying, God, the purpose of my life isn't to fulfill my plans. It's your plans. That's my purpose. My commitment is to go on that direction and stay on that path. That's why I'm committed to do. But my purpose isn't just so people can see what I'm doing. My purpose is to live for you. Then I want you to notice lastly tonight that there's always a perfecting time. What I mean by perfecting time, there's a maturing time. When you get to maturity, when you get to a point where you're You're grown up and you can see what's happening. At the end of the story, you know it well, Abraham sees that God provides a ram. And he takes Isaac off the altar and he offers that ram and he he says for the very first time in, in the history of the world, he says, Jehovah Jireh. That's a name for God that means God will provide. He began to see God not as the God that's asking for my son who I love and my plans and what I want to do in my life. He began to see God as the God that provides for me what I could never provide for myself. You know, consecration will do that for you, young people. Consecration will will make you see God in a totally different light. You'll see that God isn't the one that just wants to hover over you and judge you. God's the one that wants to provide for you. And I want you to know, lastly, that Abraham, at the end of it, he knew God in a much more personal way. God wasn't the same God that he was four days ago. He was new. He was different. He wasn't the same God that he had heard speak to him at that night, just a couple nights before. He was different now. You know, consecration, young people, if you're going to do anything in the work of God, consecration is so necessary. Because if not, you'll quit. It won't be enough. It won't be enough that people look up to you and see you at church. It won't be enough that you become a teacher and start teaching these kids and start impacting lives. By the way, I remember almost all of my teachers growing up in church. 
They all had an impact in my life. I remember Hermana Saldana, who's older. Some of you might know her. She was my teacher when I was in like third grade. And I remember doing Santa Cena in her, in her class. And she was teaching us what it means and what it talked about. I, I, I kind of remember the class. All I was all excited about was the little grape juice and the, and the little bread. I was like, oh, I get to eat today. Uh, it, was, it was great. I, I remember uh, Hermana Cárdenas, who's now taught my kids and taught the sponsor's kids, uh, she was my teacher when I was like five or six, I remember, something like that. I have an impact in my life, but you know what? It'll get to a point where that's not going to be enough for you if you don't have consecration. Believe it or not, we've had teachers leave our church and never come back. Say, so what happened? Well, they were committed, but they weren't consecrated. Their purpose for what they were doing, they lost it. They might have been consecrated at one point in their life, but they lost it. There came a proving time in their life, and they weren't ready. There was a preparing time, and they weren't wanting to get prepared. There was a perfecting time, and they just didn't want to grow. So instead, they quit. So important, young people. You're going to do something great in the work of God, be consecrated. I'll leave you with this, because we're out of time. Um, there's a... Um, a New York Yankee by the name of Bobby Richardson. He was, a, he was a Christian, and one time he was speaking at the Fellowship of Christian Athletes, FCA. Some of your schools have it. And he was there speaking to the, to the kids, and they asked him if he would pray at the end of the meeting. And he gave a, a very simple prayer, but it's such a profound prayer. He said this. He said, Dear God, your will, nothing more, nothing less, nothing else that's consecration when you get to your point in your life we you say god i want to do what you want and nothing more and nothing less and nothing else this is just all i want to do and you get to that point in your life and god becomes different for you then the work of god really gets done i want to encourage you young people be consecrated this year to God.